Welcome to the UK Fantasy Football Show, Goal's weekly podcast that discusses many a football fan's favourite pastime. I'm your host of Sorts, Miles, and I'm joined by Dave and Sam. It's good to have you both back in action this week. Uh, good to be back. Uh, are you both pumped for the new Premier League season? I'm nervous. Nervous? Yep. <laughs> I, um, I spent all of probably the last week and a half thinking, yes, end of the working week. United, they're on telly straight away. What a way to finish it. And then I realised that they play on Sunday as the last game of the weekend. <laughs> so um, Build up to it. Yeah, but I can't wait. I can't wait. It's been a long time coming. I need some football in my life. Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, I was looking, uh, I was watching the Community Shield this weekend and it was just good to see some Premier League on Premier League. Proper action again. I realised that it's uh, a bit of a friendly, but <laughs> yeah. I quite enjoyed it still. It was, a, it was a good entertaining match. A lot feistier than I expected the sort of friendlies to be. Um, and yeah, there was there was plenty to take away from it, which we'll probably touch on very shortly. Um, so I want to start this week by, well, first of all, listeners, there's still time to join this show's Fantasy Football League, where you can test yourself against us all season long, see if you can beat us. You probably can, to be honest, but it's on the lack of optimism in our team so far this season. Uh, the code to type in on the FBL website is NHC4WZ. Uh, and now I want to start the show properly by going into our predictions for the season, lay down the markers and uh, see where we stand on who will win, who will get relegated, etc, etc, etc. So first of all, I think we may as well start with the easy one. I, I expect we'll be unanimous here. The Premier League winner, Sam, kick us off. City. Dave? Yep, City. And it's a city for me, all three. It will be an absolute procession for them. Yeah, I think it'll be difficult to see anyone match them. Liverpool, they look good, to be fair, in the Community Shield against them. They held their own. Surprising. They were good in the second half, but I still think that the depth of that squad. That's it, yeah. It's just relying on them not getting any injuries to, to be able to compete with Man City. Yeah. Yeah, they lose one of their front three forwards, and Divock Origi is yeah. centre stage again. Can he do it again? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see relegated teams then there probably will be a bit of differences here Dave you want to kick us off with your relegated teams yeah I've gone for Sheffield United Burnley and Brighton um, so Sheffield United because I just don't I, I, I mean I hate being that guy because as a Huddersfield fan as well everyone, when we came up everyone went oh they'll go straight back down and we nearly did but we didn't um, but I, I think it'll be immensely difficult for them um, this season so they seem um, odds on to go down for me. Um, I'm sure a lot of people predict them to go down. I hope they don't. Yeah, but, the same. Um, yeah, they uh, they only went up from League One the season four last, didn't they? Yeah, remarkable mm. to just do that. But um, I think it's just that is, that really is a step too far uh, for them. Burnley, uh, did you team. say as well? Yeah, Burnley as well. Uh, I feel like they're they're just they've they've been up there a while now, haven't they? They've been in the Premier League a while, but it's probably about their time to drop back down again I like Sean Dyche I think he's a good manager but when I looked at the rest of the teams they were the ones for me I just thought well I think it's probably their time to to go down and uh, Brighton also uh, I think they went up around the same time as when Huddersfield went up um, they've got a new manager in I, I didn't really see the logic in getting rid of Chris Hewton um, as well he's, he'd done a good job uh, there so We'll see how they get on, but yeah, I, I kind of feel like Brighton will be, will come down. So they're they're my three. Okay, two of the same three that I've got actually. So I've got Brighton oh. and Sheffield United. Uh, I probably differ with you slightly on the reasoning with Brighton. I think that Chris Hutton had probably uh, he'd done well at Brighton, but it was probably the right time to let him go. But I just I still think that that squad is uh, pretty uh, susceptible to defeats. And uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to score the same amount of goals. Sheffield United, I'm similar with you on that. I just don't think they probably have the quality to stay up. They have a good manager in Chris Wilder, but um, yeah, I can't see them staying up unless they really... I mean, Huddersfield, as you mentioned, are probably the similar comparison here, but they hang on, they hung on by the skin of the teeth, really, in that first season. Yeah. Um, the third team for me, though, the where I differ is Crystal Palace. I do mm. not fancy that Crystal Palace side. I can see them finishing rock bottom, to be honest. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, just, I mean, I like Roy Hodgson. I think he's a good manager, but literally that entire that entire team is built around Wilfred Zaha, who has spent the entire summer batting his eyelids at other clubs and assuming he doesn't leave as of time of recording, he's still in that squad. I mean, if he turns up, they'll be all right, but he has to turn up every single week for them to be all right, in my opinion. That was the same last year, though, wasn't it? It was, and when he was injured, they were utterly screwed, and when he was out of form, they were utterly screwed. 
Um, they finished in the bottom half last season. I'm not entirely sure on the position, but I just think uh, the teams coming up, I think, are better than the teams that came up last season, like Villa. I think that they'll probably do a bit better than Fulham, even though the, the comparison is apt on the spending. Um, Norwich, I think, should be a bit stronger this season. Yeah, I think Norwich will do okay. I think they'll they'll kind of crack on. Mm. Um, why? Why do you think Norwich will crack on? I, I, there's just something about certain teams. It was the way they went up from the championship. It was a really tough league and they just, they just went at it and um, they took on Leeds, um, who were a remarkably strong team in that division. Um, I love a German manager. <laughs> <laughs> That's the real reason. Uh, yeah. Uh, so is it Fark there? Yeah, is yeah. It like, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's. Uh, I, I kind of like. It. I think he'll be good crack this season. Let's put it that way. <laughs> best reason. To <laughs> Listen, say there's no better reason, mate. There's no better reason. Uh, I'm with you, Dave. But yeah, I, I think they'll do okay. I, I, they'll probably they'll probably manage a season, and it might start to fall apart a little bit after that. But yeah, I think they'll. Uh, I, I think they'll manage to stay up this season. But with I disagree with you on Palace because I was going to put Palace in there. But I, I, when you look at the team for me, when in the Premier League, you just have to look at the quality in the teams and. Um, I think Palace have still got, uh, even after Zaha, I think they've still got some decent players in that side. Wasn't there star signing this summer, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, guys, Gary Cahill this week, who mm. uh, didn't play really any Premier League action last season, other than the final game when they sort of subbed him on and brought him on or whatever to be, sit farewell for Chelsea. I just don't see that team. They've not built on last season. They're weak. Weak. Uh, they finished 12th last season. So. Week. Yeah, it was a it was a mess down there. There was all just a group of teams close to each other. Go on then, Sam. Who are your teams? You seem pretty confident there. Norwich. Norwich. I think Norwich will go down. Um, do you know how many clean sheets they kept last season in the Championship? Five. Um, no, it's more than that. It's like thirteen. Oh, okay. Um, which, when you've won the league and you only keep thirteen clean sheets out of forty-six matches, that's pretty. I thought thirteen's all right, isn't it? Over a course of a season, I mean, the, again, they were like they—they just. Uh, I think they were just all about attack. <laughs> yeah, but they're with the big boys now, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, they're not going to. They're definitely no one's. No, like very few teams are going to keep clean sheets against uh, some of the top sides in the Premier League. But yeah, I think they'll get absolutely mullered at the back. Um, but uh, obviously, I'd, I'd Brighton and Sheffield United as well. And the other team that I think could battle Norwich for being relegated is is Newcastle. <sighs> Shaking my head, I knew what we were going to say there. Just because, for no other reason than it's Newcastle, Steve Bruce does not and should not fill anyone with any hope or joy. Uh, you know, they've signed Joe Linton. Great, you, you'll get your seven goals this season. Um, I think that'd be a good season, actually, if you got seven. <laughs> <laughs> no offence, Miles, but... No, I, I think, I, I think mean, I, I disagree, but I realise I have... Uh, Tinted. Yeah, black and white tinted spec. Yeah. Um, I don't think it will be, you know, a remarkable season or anything. I just think that we've strengthened. We brought Joe Linton in, as you mentioned. We brought in Jetro Willems. We brought in uh, Sam Maximine. I think that there is some good, there are some good signings there. Um, I still think that that squad is good. And we haven't lost Sean Longstaff as well, which is... Uh, yet. Yet. As of the time of recording. Uh, Almiron was a top signing in January it would be nice if he could start scoring goals, especially as they're playing him in the centre-forward position. Um, that'll be key. But I just think that squad's all right. So we disagree there. But at least you haven't put them in your relegated three. I think they're in the, the Newcastle, again, are in that group where there's like Palace and yeah, yeah. like Southampton, where they do just have like a bit of quality in the playing staff where there's it probably separates them a little bit from maybe your teams like Brighton, where if they do get on a bad run, they're going to find it very difficult to get out of yeah, that. And I think and Sheffield United. as well with... You know the way that the fans have been talking over the summer. A, you know, especially if they start the season poorly, three or four games. I think St James's Park will turn into a, a hostile, very caustic atmosphere, and it will not be a fun environment to be around. So, yeah. going down. Okay, done. Well, they're they in your made. three now. <laughs> you told yourself into it. Uh, yeah. Who's who's left your three then? Brighton. Okay. Just, just to be contrary. <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, top goal scorer then. Uh, I'll start with this one. Harry Kane for me. Yep, I had Harry Kane as well. Yeah, me too. Oh, easy three there. We uh, should maybe have talked about this before and then decided to go. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with agreeing. Sometimes we'll agree. Wisdom of the crowds. Yes. Uh, most clean sheets. I've gone for Man City. Sam? Yeah, I've gone with City as well. Uh, I think they, you know, if they're getting Cancelo as well, they're just strengthening and strengthening. They'll be brilliant. Yep. Dave? Uh, I think it was Bournemouth. No, I'm just joking. It's Man City. The sound was like, oh, you're getting all set up there. He was ready to, raised. Ready to pounce. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
There should be some differences here, at least, right? So, biggest surprise player. Who have you gone with, Sam? Uh, obviously, McTominay. Obviously, McTominay. Obviously. <laughs> um, Two words not meant to be together. I think he will define himself as Man United's key midfielder this season. I think he will win at least one player's uh, one player of the month. Um, I think he just embodies what United are missing, in, especially in centre midfield at the moment. Because Matic has looked tired. His legs appear to have gone already, um, judging from pre-season. We've sold Herrera. Uh, he's, he's, I think McTominay will step up and become almost the face. He's the face of Pez. I think he'll become the face of Man United now. Jesus Christ. Heard it here first, guys. That's such a bleak <laughs> look towards the season, in my opinion. Yeah. Go on, Dave, who uh, you no, got? I went for McTominay as well. Have you actually? Yeah. Oh, my really? God. Because, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I totally agree with you. I think, well... I think he's got everything about him to just this season. United need him. They need him to step up. Then they need a bit of a young player to just come to the fore. And I, I honestly do feel like if if it's going to happen, it'll be this season for him. And you know, I, I kind of hope it does. Okay, I'm completely on the other side of the fence. Here. I'm so far on the other side of the fence. It's uh, unreal. So we'll get to that when we get to the flops. I mm. think. Uh, oh. But my biggest surprise player from a positive point of view is Undombele. Uh, Spurs signing, who won't be in a lot of in, uh, in a lot of FPL teams because he's not really an attacking player. But I can see him bringing a lot of stability to that Spurs midfield. I think they're going to have a good season. Spurs, um, they've had a bit more movement in the transfer market than previous seasons. Obviously, they've actually signed a player, yep. which helps. Uh, as of the time of recording, they haven't signed uh, a big attacking player, but they've been linked with some names. <laughs> By the time this goes out, they could have signed Coutinho, which. Uh, Dybala. Dybala as well is another one who it seems like he isn't going to Manchester United after all. Um, so yeah, I can see him having a really good season and impressing, especially because a lot of people, a lot of Premier League fans won't know who he is. I think by the end of the season, they'll all know who he is. Yeah, he looked really sharp playing the Champions League last summer, yeah. last summer, last season. Yeah. Uh, biggest surprise team then. I'll start this one. So I've gone for Everton. Um, I think that, especially with the start of the season, they've got, got a positive start. The way they finished last season which was kind of under, which was sort of low key, but also quite impressive, uh, especially after a bit of a miserable Merseyside derby. Did they beat you four uh, nil? Yeah, like they, they beat us four nil. They battered us four <laughs> nil. I can just see that sort of pushing on into the season. They've signed some decent players. Um, I think they've got a solid manager in Silver. I could see them having. They're, they're one of those teams that could definitely break into the top six this season with a bit of uncertainty in uh, in the sort of top six around yeah. spending. Who have you gone with? I've got a couple of less. I've got a couple of Everton players in my team. Um, I've gone with Leicester. All right. Um, as yeah, we've talked about it in previous podcasts, but they've got a lot of creativity. They've got a lot of youth in that team. Brendan Rodgers seems like the perfect fit to lead those types of players. Uh, Tillemans in there, Perez, Vardy up front, kind of all makes sense. Doesn't always play out like that in football, but. Although losing Maguire now might ask some questions about who then steps up. I don't know whether they've got somebody as a shoe in for him as a replacement. Not as of yet, no. That could potentially be a bit of a um, a problem for him. But yeah, for me, I feel like I agree with Miles. I reckon Everton, they they do have a good start and they they should be up there. But um, Leicester for me, yeah. Yeah, Sam. I had Leicester had Wolves uh, because you know, they are two of the three teams along with Everton who are deemed you know, the potential teams that could crack into the top six. But I've gone with Villa. Okay. Um, just because I think they've strengthened really well. Signing Heaton, I thought it was a, a great, great move that just adds a, an extra level of strength to their spine. So I think they will potentially finish about 10th, either 10th or 20th. <laughs> I think it's, it's one or the other here. It's I, Yin or Yang. I am denied about putting them in that relegation three just because I think that there's, there's those two comparisons from last season. The Wolves are spending big and doing well and there's the Fulham are spending Fulham, big yeah. and doing bad. I think they'll probably sit somewhere in the middle, but you're right, it could go either way, really. Um, go on, biggest flop team because I think I know who you've got here. Everton. Everton. <laughs> Explain <laughs> yourself, Sam. Um, their defence is different. Uh, they've lost Zuma. Uh, they've lost uh, Idris Guy. I think that's a huge. And obviously, at the end of last season, I think they kept eight out of eight clean sheets in their last ten, if memory serves. That's not happening. Um, I think Keane's a great signing, so I think they will do well. But I don't think they'll be anywhere near the top six conversation, along with Leicester or Wolves. Okay. 
puts us at odds. Yeah. But I, I, I think they're a bit slow as well. Bit slow. Yeah, obviously, apart from Keane and Walcott. Um. <laughs> yeah, but all, all Walcott's got his pace. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they, they could go that way. I'm not massively confident when I say that they're going to be the biggest surprise team, so I can understand the opposite point of view. What about you, Dave? Who have you gone for? I've gone for Palace, pretty yeah. much for the same reasons you had them down for relegation. Mm. Um, I think they'll avoid relegation, but I still think it'll be a disappointing season for them and their supporters. Okay. And they must feel the supporters must feel a little bit that way. Maybe the signing of Cahill might have picked them up a little bit. It's a big signing for them. Mm. Uh, Name-wise, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, but yeah, I still think they'll. I still think they'll disappoint massively this season. They'll be down there, but I'd imagine they'll still avoid relegation. For me, the teams that sort of linger on that sort of precipice of relegation for multiple seasons in a row, ultimately they eventually go down. Like there's mm. th- at, at some point the odds flip against them. It's like with Sunderland. There's only so many times they can escape relegation. Yeah. Sunderland with so many different managers. West and... Brom were a bit like that as well, were they? They yeah. just kind of like once they started to slip down the mm. Premier League, it was on the cards that they were going to get relegated sooner or later. Who have you gone for? I've gone for Man United. Uh, <laughs> I can see them <laughs> flopping on. pretty hard. Go on, Miles. Do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, they, to be honest, like, I, I wasn't, ma- again, I'm not massively confident with this, and they could definitely do the opposite, but I just think they have all the ingredients there for this just to go horribly wrong. They don't have a lot of attacking options. They didn't sign Dybala in the end, by the looks of it. Uh, Lukaku's got his head elsewhere. I don't know if he's even going to stay. I don't know if he's going to uh, leave. Um, all the hopes there on Rashford, who I've got in my team because he is the starting Man United striker and he's safe. And in theory, they should score goals. But also, he hasn't taken that next stop on yet. They've got, like, he's supported by the likes of Martial, who's properly hot and cold. Uh, Pogba, again, hot and cold player. Um, I just don't think the likes of, you know, Lingard are going to lift that team into the next level. You know, it's not like it's a massively strong side. The signings haven't been that inspired. Uh, Daniel James from Swansea. Uh, they've been linked with long stuff. Haven't signed him, obviously. Juan Bissaka was a, a good sign-in, but you know he isn't necessarily the player to take him to a next level. He's not a Cancelo, for instance. You know he isn't as proven as the fullback that Man City is signing. Um, I just think that, especially with how last season ended, and even how last season was as an entirety, like, there were a lot of problems in that Man United side. And if they finished in the top four, that's massive, in my opinion. If they finish in the top six, that's expected. I can see them slipping out of the top six this season. Controversial. I disagree. <laughs> I do disagree. Uh, I think they will finish third. Um, I think, obviously, Lukaku will go. I think in terms of a transfer window, I actually thought it's been all right. Uh, probably the best one we've had in quite a while um, because we've not, so far, yeah. not blown a load of money on uh, unnecessary superstars who don't want to join the club. Uh, but I think Dan James looks... Pretty interesting. Maguire is a great buy. Expensive, but it's not my money, so I'm not really bothered about that. <laughs> and Wamba Sacra appears to be, you know, settled in already in pre season and looks a hell of an improvement on Valencia, Darmian, or Young. So, you know, we have strengthened in positions that they needed to. Uh I don't think they'll catch City. Well <laughs> No, finishing third is like finishing top for United I, at the moment. Like yeah. that's but that 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 would be an amazing season, yeah. I think, for Man United. Um, finish third. I think the the midfield, as I sort of kind of touched on previously, is is weak. Um, you know, if Longstaff comes in, then I think that further cements the buying players in, as uh, Solskjaer has mentioned, the the United way, who are young, predominantly British, uh, and more important, most importantly, probably want to play for the club. I yeah. think that whole mantra is going to go out the window as next transfer window when they've lost will. all these games and aren't winning. Oh, we'll just sign whoever's going to win his games will be the mantra next summer. Uh, so my biggest flop is Harry Maguire as a oh, as a related note here. So I just don't think, even if you think he's a great defender, he is not an £80 million saviour for that uh, shambolic Man United defence. And I just think that even if he has an OK season, he won't live up to that. But if you sign for Man United, you can, and you're a, an England centre back, they're gonna have to pay eighty million for him, aren't they? I don't think uh, they to have get to get him from another Premier League if, team. If Leicester say to you, "We want eighty million," you just go, "No, I'll sign someone else." Then I don't think that he is gonna be the magical fix to that defence that they kind of need. Like they needed, um, I don't know. It's just a ludicrous. He's amount. a proven. The thing is though, for Man United, is that there's a lot of value in that money because he's a proven Premier League centre back. Uh, like I just said, England international, 
did remarkably well for England at the World Cup as well. Um, when you're paying that kind of fee, obviously, if play, if a player signs for Manchester United, the fee's going to go up anyway. If you're signing from another Premier League club who've got a hell of a lot of money, like Leicester do have, then they don't need to sell him for 40 million. They don't need to sell him for 50 million. They, that's the reason the price tag is 80 million i think it's 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 easy to get hung up on is he worth 80 million because he's not a fashionable player probably not but does he give manchester united what they need i would say yeah so for me he's a better player than they've got at center back currently he's definitely an improvement my the reason i think he's gonna be a flop is because i think people will think that that defense now shouldn't be as problematic yeah but they still have the same problems there and I think that long term he'll actually be a good signing. I do think that like in three years' time, the people will be like, "Oh yeah, it's a good job we signed him." But this season, How, why do you think the defense has still got the same problems when they've replaced fifty percent of it? Because it's a new defense. They're gonna have to. They need time to gel. A lot of defenses tend to have that. I mean, an exception is with Man United's defense years ago when was it Vidic and Evra were signed like at the same time, January. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and they gelled instantly. But that, yeah, in, oh. I think Evra got taken off at half time in, against City because <laughs> he was Almost. that bad. <laughs> Okay, almost instantly. Almost instantly. Right, yeah. And you don't see that very often, though. I think that it'll take this year. I mean, like Lindelof. You know, Lindelof, it looked a mess when he signed for United. Yeah. And uh, now he would see the best player in the end, or by the end of the season-ish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I can see it being a similar thing with Harry Maguire, where he comes in, they leak goals at the start, it gets a lot of the blame, but long-term, I can see it working, just not this season. Go on, who have you got as your biggest flop? Um... I think I approached it from a FPL perspective, Jimenez. Okay. And I think everyone is super hot on him, especially going off of last season. But I think, especially compared to Jota, I think he will be the second best Wolves striker. Okay. Um, and Jota's half, uh, a million less as well. I think people will learn the error of their ways after a few few weeks. I think second half of last season, Jota wildly outperformed Jimenez as well. mm I was I was leaning towards him a bit. I thought in the end I'd go with a player who uh, was joined a club this summer. But yeah, I, I totally agree. I think he could underwhelm. What about you, Dave? I've gone for Pepe, an Arsenal signing. Uh, just because sometimes you get a bit of a feeling about these things as a football fan where you go, okay, it's a huge signing coming into a huge club. Um He's wanted to play for them all his life, you know, and they'll lay the comparisons to Thierry Henry and all that kind of, and th th this is all this thing that seems to go along with Arsenal as well. You seem to get it with everyone they sign and then you're always like a little bit disappointed <laughs> and I feel a little bit like he'll just, he, I feel like it's primed for him to fall into that category. Uh, a failure. A failure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and a lot of money and a guy that's only really proven himself in Liga and so... It's uh, another one yeah, of those. Yeah, like that, the, that young French, like Mbappe. <laughs> He'd be rubbish, wouldn't he? Now, if they'd assigned Mbappe, I wouldn't be putting him as the biggest <laughs> flop. But, uh, um, I'm guessing his fee would have been slightly larger. But, yeah, you know, Arsenal, there's a lot of expectation on him. He's pretty young, isn't he? He's, yeah. So, see how he gets on. But, okay. yeah, I think he'll be the flop. Interesting. Okay, that brings us to the end of our predictions then. Uh, some interesting ones there. Let's move on to the Game Week 1 matches. So obviously 10 matches this weekend. Uh, I can go through them in the order of the way they're being played. Starting with the one on Friday night, which is Liverpool against Norwich. Uh, so the last time these two teams played, uh, it was a nine-goal thriller. Liverpool won 5-4. It was a hell of a game, I think. Was that uh, Lallana? Yeah, the late winner, yeah. Lallana it was. Um... I can see there also being a similar amount of goals in this match. Don't see it being as close, though. No. Um, although I didn't put Norwich in my relegated teams, I think they're in for a bit of a rude awakening in this first match. Liverpool looked very... Like, although they only scored once against Man City, they could have scored in injury time, if not for uh, Kyle Walker's acrobatic overhead kick off the line. And Salah looked so good. Like, so, so good. I was kind of surprised by how good he looked. I thought after a bit of a summer off, you know, or with AFCON, obviously, taking place, he might be a bit tired. Uh, but no, it was so good. And it was so good that I almost put him in my team. Uh, I thought Salah should have scored that. And Kyle Walker should never have been in the situation where he's having to clear it off the line. Maybe. But I love an acrobatic over a kick because off the line I, from I, think, I think that's one of the things about Salah. That he does get into those positions and then just doesn't bury it at a time when they really need him to just bury it 
Okay, put that one away. Yeah, he's a dinker rather than an outside <laughs> chopper. <laughs> yeah. That's what I love about him, the dinks. Mm. He was he was so good on the ball against Man City. Yeah, yeah, well, just, I didn't see a lot of the game, but when yeah. I watched it, I, I was thinking, ah, that, there's Salah again, you know, and it just seems like that's one of those where he puts that away and then Liverpool don't have to... I think against oh, in that situation. No offense to Norwich fans here, but against a lesser team. Oh my God, he'll rip them apart. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're not going to have Mane. Well, it's unlikely that he'll be starting. Uh, he only came back on Monday to train in for Liverpool. So if you are an FPL player with Mane, don't expect fireworks from him this week. But he could come off the bench, could score. To be honest, with the uh, if we if we are predicting a heavy win for Liverpool. Are there any other players that you're leaning towards? Or sh- no, I think advice? everyone's FPL mindset with this match should be, if you've got Salah, make him your captain. Mm. Um, because I, I think it could be a, a, the proverbial rude awakening for Norwich. Don't disagree. Dave? A Van, a Van Dijk goal would be nice. A Van Dijk goal? Have you got a Van Dijk <laughs> in your up, team? Yeah, get him up on a corner. I almost, I almost put him in my team. So one of the only things that I nearly did to my team in this past week was to swap Van Dijk in and take Alexander-Arnold out because I wasn't really that impressed by Alexander-Arnold in that first game to the point where I wondered if he'd start um, or if they might play Joe Gomez at right back in that opening fixture because during the second half they threw on Matip, he scored a goal, scored the equaliser. Joe Joe Gomez was moved out to right back um, and I just thought they looked a bit stronger then and it did make me think, oh God, are they going to do that? Because they did that a few times last season. Yeah, I seem to remember Neil saying, um, Neil Jones, our Liverpool correspondent, saying that there was a similar issue with Alexander-Arnold when they played Napoli as well. Mm. So Against top teams with top wingers. Mm. But Norwich are not a top team <laughs> without top wingers. So I stuck with Alexander-Arnold for now. Okay, let's move on then, unless you've got anything else for that match. Nope. Cool. Uh, West Ham-Man City is the early kickoff on Saturday. Another potentially lopsided match. Yeah. Uh, a raffle of Man City attackers to pick from. Obviously, Sergio Aguero didn't even feature in the Community Shield. Uh, Gabriel Jesus featured off the bench. Lee Rosani started, then was injured. He's been linked with Bayern Munich for the entirety of the week. Uh, as of the time of recording, he's still in that Man City squad. I can't see that changing. David Silva, Kevin De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva. There are so many players to pick from. Are there any you guys are leaning towards for this game week? Uh, De Bruyne, yeah. he's stayed in. I think he will reaffirm himself as the best player in the league this season. And at nine and a half mil, bargain. Lunacy not to have him. Um, so I was I was reading some Opta stats earlier. In the last seven matches between these two team, these two teams, do you know what the aggregate score is? No. What? Twenty three three. Unsurprising, I guess, with uh, <laughs> to City's city, dominance. Yeah, to City. <laughs> yeah, to city. <laughs> and, and um, so yeah, I think it'll be a nice level of a. Uh, well, I think it will set the bar for just how much City want to go for this. Um, West Ham's defence is bit shonky dodgy yeah Winston Reid ain't gonna be <laughs> stopping Sterling mm. so yeah file it into City win um, I think there'll be a few goals I'm not sure whether Aguero will score quite as many as I would expect him to score this season because I think there'll be the rotation that we've we've mentioned many a time yeah I think so I think the goals will be spread out but we'll see easy win yeah I've got Bernardo Silva and Raheem Sterling in my team so I'm hoping they really turn it on against West Ham. So with Raheem Sterling, he's been starting up front for them quite a lot in preseason. Started mm. up front for them uh, in the Community Shield. Should really put away a couple more chances, but you know he did do well in the match. Um, I've kept him in for that simple reason that he could start up front for them against West Ham, even though Salah was so good at the weekend. Yeah, with Sterling. Is, is it is it going to be a is Sterling going to be captain or is Salah going to be captain kind of thing in your yeah. in your fantasy teams? That's kind of what it'll be for a lot yeah. of people. For me, it'll be Sterling. With Sterling playing up front, though, is there not a danger of him falling into sort of hazard territory where he got moved from a wider position up front for Chelsea and he lost what he was sort of most effective at and he he wasn't the same kind of player playing up there? I think that the quality of players around Sterling are better than the quality of players around Hazard. Yep. And I think that even though Sterling, he one of the criticisms of him tends to be that he will miss the chances when he has too much time to think about it, which is definitely true. But because they get so many chances, Man City, like their chance creation is way higher than anyone else in the league. You know, I think he'll be okay. I think that he won't stay in that forward position anyway. I think he'll move eventually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but even then, he is the most likely attacker to play week in, week out for that uh, slightly randomized Man City attack. 
Um, guessing there's none of you have gone for any West Ham players this week. No. 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 Uh, moving on then to Crystal Palace against Everton. So we've mentioned it in the previous uh, few episodes, but Everton have a very healthy start to the season. This visit to Palace should kind of set the tone for that. Moise Keane is a new signing for Everton and has joined the FPL game as a forward for £7 million. Uh, the €30 million Euro signing is an unknown quantity to a lot of the Premier League fans, so we asked Goals Juventus correspondent Romero Agresti to give us the lowdown. Moise Keane is a potentially credible player. He has already shown his uh, huge talent at Juventus uh, with Max Allegri. Uh, scoring important goals for the Bianconeri and uh, for the national team with uh, Roberto Mancini. Uh, he could play in all attacking rules, especially as a striker, so as a falso nueve. And I think it's similar to Didier Drogba in his uh, beginnings. So seven goals for Juventus last season. Uh, 19-year-old Italian is clearly a top talent. Do you reckon he's one to watch, though, rather than one to throw straight in there? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Just want to see, it's like when the when a player comes from another league, maybe like Pepe, <laughs> <laughs> you just want to see how they settle in. Yeah, especially the week before the start of the game week. You know, it's it's quite soon to throw a player, young player as well, into that starting lineup of a team that's relatively settled. Well, well, I've changed my team <laughs> and I've put him straight in. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, I've spoke to Romeo. He speaks of him in the highest terms. Um, and I believe in Romeo in the highest way possible. So, yeah, I'm going to give it a go. Seven mil. Worth a gamble. Yeah, Cheap. and I think he's better than Calvert-Lewin. Um, so I think <laughs> I, I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be starting. And I think he will um, certainly add some much-needed firepower to Everton. Is he a better pick than Gilfie Sigurdsson, though? If Gilfie Sigurdsson's eight mil and oh. scored 182 points last season. Well, that's why I've got, I didn't put Keane in because I've got Sigurdsson, I've got Dean oh, yeah, as well. Yeah. And I didn't really want three Everton players, even though they're playing Crystal Palace. I just <laughs> yeah. thought, you know, might be a little bit much. It does feel a bit all in that, doesn't it, on Everton? Yeah, if they, if they screw up, then you're screwed. So I, uh, I had a variant of my team that I was working through this week. And I was like, yeah, this is pretty good. And I was like, shit, I've got three Palace players in. How, <laughs> how has this happened? <laughs> how could you think that's good? <laughs> uh, have you got any, have any survived that call? Kelly. Kelly, okay. Is he just because he was dirt cheap? Yep. Four mil? Yep. Very dirt cheap. Um, okay, then let's move on to Burnley against Southampton. So I didn't think we'd talk a lot about Burnley when I got onto this match, but then I actually looked at some of the figures in pre-season. So Chris Wood has scored nine goals in pre-season, which I think is pretty handy. Jay Rodriguez scored a brace in his final game. I was umming and ahhing because they're quite cheap. I think Jay Rodriguez is six million and uh, Chris Wood is six point five. Whether you know, as a third striker, just to toss them in. But in the end, I decided to stick with Joel Linton. Yeah. Well, how much is Joel Linton? Uh, six million. Mm, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, Jota's six and a half. Mm. If I had to pick any of those four, <laughs> I would pick Jota. Um, no. Not fancying any Burnley players then. No, I, I can't see any more any of them scoring more than... I don't think Chris Wood will score nine or nine all season. <laughs> okay, I think that's probably fair, to be fair. Um, Southampton, then, any uh, temptations in that team? Mm, nothing for nothing no. You've gone off Che Adams. Yeah, <laughs> the Che dream is dead for the time being. <laughs> Until he smashes in hat-trick against Burnley. Uh, I was looking at some of the uh, stats, the opt stats as well, ahead of this. And uh, Nathan Redmond, who is nowhere near my team, I might add, because he's, he's, I just view him as so wildly inconsistent. But he's been involved in more Premier League goals than any Southampton player under the current manager, Hassan Hoodle. Uh, six goals and four assists. So he might be an option. That's all right. Though, it's all right. It? It's a lot better than I thought. Like, I've not really been tracking him the last few months, but apparently he's had a decent sort of second half of the season last year. And how much is he in the game? Is he got six and a half? Six and a half, yeah. Yeah. Seems a bit steep still. Yeah, exactly. For someone who is... Yeah, like you say, he's inconsistent, isn't he? You can see why they play around him because he's creative and he's quick. Um, mm. I think he scores a few goals, doesn't he? He tends to score worldies. Yeah. Uh, but then in other games, don't see anything of him. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, Watford Brighton then, another one that probably isn't on the forefront of a lot of people's FPL minds. Um, but there might be some outside shots that make the way in. Gerard De La Feu is probably one who has been uh, tweaked in and out of people's teams ahead of the start of the season. Yeah, he's quite popular in the game, isn't he? Yeah. 
I haven't been tempted. He's also not played a lot preseason. I think he's featured in the last two matches because of injury. So um, he might not start in game week one. But because he's so dirt cheap on the game for the quality that he sometimes brings, yeah. people might just be thinking, oh, I'll just leave him in and he can come in when he when he's fit. Um, especially because that Brighton team looked there to beat. Like a Watford attacker could be an option. Deeney and Andre Gray, I think, has got four goals in preseason. So there's some attacking options there. Yeah, I've, I've got a Watford defender in. Um, okay. I was look. I've got Craig Cathcart in. I was I was looking to upgrade him, and then I was looking at the fixtures and thought, Do you know what, for someone who won't, will likely be on my bench for a lot of the season, uh, if he, uh, I can't see him conceding against Brighton, so there could be an easy six there. That's true. I Dave. think Watford tend to go under people's radar a little bit, don't they? Yeah. I'm just looking at the start their fixtures, Brighton's a pretty good start for them. Then they've got Everton, which is easy, oh, pretty tough. <laughs> tough game <laughs> but then West Ham Newcastle couple of games there that they could potentially get something out of Arsenal at home we know how bad Arsenal are away at least last yeah. season yeah then it gets a little bit trickier with Man City yeah with Wolves you always get those yeah but it's not mm. for the start of the season that's a decent run isn't it, it those is, four yeah. games yeah I, I just think they're kind of one of those slightly unfashionable teams that people don't end up looking at but They've had a bit of strength, haven't they, over the last few seasons? So West Ham are that team for me. I don't think I, apart from Mikel Antonio, he's the only West Ham player I ever pick. Yeah, because I, I remember picking him when uh, he broke through, and uh, so I have quite a, a lot of love for him. But other than that, I just never look at West Ham players. Yeah. I just assume they're going to let me down. I think I had a bad run with Onatovic at one point. And I just thought, oh, screw this guy. Things always seem a bit shaky there, like yeah. you know everything that goes on behind the scenes, and then the manager will go, <laughs> and then the players stop playing, and a lot of injuries. You've got your Jack Wilshers there, isn't he still? And yeah, yeah. Clogging up that bench. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bournemouth against Sheffield United. Then, so Bournemouth um, probably. Well, I think a lot of people will be drawn to Callum Wilson. Obviously, at home against Sheffield United, he's a big FPL player for a lot of people. I think he's a bit more pricey this year than he has been in previous years. Um, now, looking up how much he is. Da, da, da. Eight, eight and a half. Yeah, eight million. Um, but he'll still be, a, I think a lot of FPL players will be drawn to him because he is quite consistent. And Bournemouth do have a decent start to the season. What do you guys make of it? They do. I think Josh King is a better shout because he'll be taking the penalties. Um, I'm. Because at the time of recording this, Harry Wilson is not in the game. Okay, yeah. And I'm intrigued as to what price he'll be. Uh, if he's five and a half, I might give him a whirl. Uh, if That's he's cheap. six, I'll watch, wait and see. If he's six and a half plus, then not in a month of Sundays. I, uh, yeah. I, I For me, I just get very cynical about all the Liverpool players the sort of cut price Liverpool players that are piped up towards Bournemouth. They got Solanke, Ibe, Klein. Bournemouth just seems to be the go-to place for players that Liverpool are you know, just like, oh, take him, yeah. take him. I know that it's a loan and, and, and it's a bit different, but... Um, Sign them from the South Coast, from Southampton, and then discard them to the South <laughs> Coast again, back to Bournemouth. <laughs> Recycling those players. I've got Nathan Ake in my team. He's, he's, a, he's a bench player, but... Um, the one thing I did notice about Bournemouth when I was going through my team was they've got a lot of they seem to have a lot of injuries or players that aren't available. Yeah, they do, um, which I would find fairly worrying going into the start of the season for um, Eddie Howe. Yeah, David Brooks was a FPL favourite last season. Mm. Uh, came in his debut season for Bournemouth and was quite impressive, quite cheap. But he's been injured. I think he's out for like twelve weeks. Um, it's a bit of a blow. Yeah, because that sort of uh, attacking set, the midfield to attackers, that was quite settled last season. Yeah. Um, Ryan Fraser obviously on the other flank to Brooks, and you know we mentioned Wilson and King before, so I think that'll be a bit of a blow for them. It's whether they can fill that void. But I mean, of all the teams you want to play, Sheffield United at home, probably the way you want to start when you're in an injury crisis, mini injury crisis. Yeah. Um, a cheap left field gamble, right? And this is where my research muscles are being flexed here, right? Is uh, Sheffield United midfielder Callum Robinson. He's only 5.5 million and uh, he's got four goals, one assist, and he's playing more as a centre forward than a midfielder. So if you do fancy a cheap Sheffield United Sly. gamble, then Robinson is there. I think probably most people, myself included, he's more in the one to watch category than throw him in game week one. Yeah, I think five and a half get McTominay for that obviously um, <laughs> but you can also get other midfielders like Dendonka who are a million you're saving an extra million and you sort of know you're getting a functional performance there you're getting a functional two points yeah. maybe three 
but if you want your extra five goals for, or an assist with your midfielder, Robinson yeah. could be that man. You usually get a couple of players in the Emirates teams, especially midfielders that rack up a few points. I think Charlie Adam was one classic example with uh, Blackpool yeah. when they came up to the Premier League and he was taking free kicks and constantly scoring them and he made it in a lot of FPL teams. And it's a good place for, you know, you saying it's a good place for Bournemouth to start against Sheffield United. But it's a good place for Sheffield United to start as well. Oh yeah, totally. Um, they they've can potentially go there and get something. Whereas if they were playing Man City or Liverpool or maybe even Arsenal, or, they wouldn't get anything, no chance. But um mm. It's not a bad start for them either, so totally agree. Could see something. You uh, might just talk me around there. I'm just looking at my team. I've got Den Donker <laughs> at four and a half. I've got a million <laughs> remaining. Oh, but, throw him in there. No, I think I'm going to keep that extra million <laughs> to try and save myself in three weeks when I realise how it's all gone to shit. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm slightly tempted by him, but I don't really. I like my midfield, so I don't really want to tear apart yet. Uh, so I'll, I'll just keep an eye on him for now. Uh, Spurs Aston Villa is the late kickoff on Saturday. Should be a good game, actually. Um, I've got a note here in cap saying avoid Sun. So that's the tip there for FPL players. He's suspended. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so uh, I think he's suspended for the first couple of games. I thought the... that was the emo in you coming out. No. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, He's an amazing player to have in your FPL team and it, it'll definitely make its way into mine at some point. But uh, I don't think that he's a wise player to start the season with. Deli Alley is another one to avoid. Injured again. You gotta wonder, at what point does he become uh, damaged goods, Dilly Alley? We I mean, talked about this last week, didn't we? He was yeah. one of the ones I mentioned as being a bit. Come on, mate, get on with it. <laughs> but um, and then yet again injured. So. What, what Spurs players are we leaning towards then? Well, Harry Kane, I guess. Has a. Yeah, Kane's gone in my team this week. Has he? That's mm. one of your changes. It is, yeah. At the expense me. of. Oh, yeah. <gasps> Made that change. I know, yeah. Taking my team's namesake out. <laughs> Which is quite a big call, isn't it? Uh, but yeah, Kane's gone in because I just—he's just one of those, you know, reliable players. And he—I can just see him score. I can see him getting some points on the board early doors. So yeah, totally agree. In. Yeah, I think he's my only Spurs player though. Yeah, yeah, he is. So, yeah, I assume Mora will be starting, given um, Son and Ali finish the season really well. Uh, I, I think if you've you're looking for a I think it's what you got seven oh, maybe he's a bit overpriced but I think from in, in terms of real world performance I think he'll uh, have a good start to the season whether that translates into being a a value pick in the, the fantasy mm. 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 he's yeah. scoring a lot in pre-season he's doing well but yeah I think that Lucas is probably one of the spots that you think someone's going to come in and yeah. usurp him uh, once he's back from his little suspension um, any Villa players you guys are sort of leaning towards? One thing to note for FPL players, uh, we we talk a lot and we will talk a lot about players who take penalties uh, this season with VAR being an extra factor for Premier League. Wesley is apparently the Villa penalty taker, it turns out. One of their signings this summer, it looks like he's going to be taking penalties at least in the start of the season for Villa. So if you're looking for their penalty taker, that's who to look for. Mm. I think a lot of people will be drawn towards Jack Grealish. There's obviously the big name in that Villa team. Um, we've mentioned in previous weeks how McGinn could be a bit of an outside gamble for them. Don't know if any of you guys that are goalie tra- scored, man. Yeah, Did you see it. It was like the uh, the Midlands Messi. Amazing. <laughs> uh, Trezeguet is another. I think I mentioned in a previous week. Um, he scores a lot of long range. Uh, Buttes. Uh, so he could be another. There's a lot of players I've on that team. I've got Target on the bench for mine. I think he was. I think he's a four point five maybe. Yeah, yeah, he is, yeah. He's, and he'll be playing wing back for them. So he'll be getting forward a bit. Could get the odd assist. I mean, assuming I throw him in, but... I've got Chester in mine. Yeah. So I've got yeah. a cheap defender. They'll have a good start, as you mentioned. Listen. Yeah, like you said earlier, I think they'll do okay. I actually think they'll they'll do okay. This I don't think they'll do a Fulham. No. No. I um, I had Heaton in, but then I took him out and put Alisson back in because I just can't see... I can, I can easily see, sorry, uh, Liverpool getting a couple of clean sheets to start with, and then I could drop Heaton in and save a mil and a half waste it on another player somewhere else <laughs> <laughs> Leicester Wolves then that's been moved to Sunday because uh, Wolves uh, being in action in the Europa League now that's why I think actually that could impact on this fixture a fair bit so Wolves I think are playing in like Armenia on Thursday out in Eastern oh, Europe yeah. near, the, near the sort of western corner of Asia uh, they've done a lot of travelling for Europa League I know all the teams have done travelling during pre-season for the various tours around the globe Wolves are also in China I think <laughs> at one point 
Um, so I, I just think that that could play into it and they could be a little bit tired. Obviously, they're playing the first team in these uh, Europa League fixtures yeah. as well to make sure they see over the line. I think Leicester could uh, score a couple in this match. So Tielemans, so. I'm drawn towards Tielemans, but there's also Vardy, Jose Perez. It's a lot of options. I think they, I think it will actually do the opposite to Wolves. I think it'll benefit them. Yeah? Yeah, I think it'll, they'll be absolutely flying. They'll be at the races. Um, they've been playing proper competitive you know, match football. Um, I still think Leicester will probably win because uh, they are at home. I think it'll be two-one Leicester. All right, okay. I've got Bowley in my team, so I'm not slamming down Wolves too much. I think that ultimately, long term, you do want a Wolves player in that team because mm. they are, you know, the players are cheapish. They uh, get good results. They should be challenging in that top seven. Yeah. Yeah, I've got three Leicester players actually, so I uh, hope they do well. <laughs> yeah. I've got Chil- 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 and Vardy, so. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping they come through. All oh, in on that Leicester yeah, train. I, just, I almost surprised myself then when I was on team. Really, I've got a lot of faith in them, haven't I? <laughs> Newcastle Arsenal is at the same time as Leicester Wolves, I think, but obviously this one's on TV. I'm looking forward to this match, mainly because I think it'll shut up a lot of those Newcastle doubters. I could be proved horribly wrong here, but I think that they could... I'm looking forward to the show next week. <laughs> I really am. But the thing is, and I was speaking to one of our colleagues about this, I think that they will like not lose against Arsenal. I'm not going to say the win. I don't think they'll lose against Arsenal, but I do think, I think it's Norwich we play the week after. We'll go there and we'll get smashed by Norwich. So I think it'll be like, oh yeah, we're going to do all this season. But actually it'll just be the fact that uh, Arsenal have a pretty shaky defence, not great away from home. I think that um, the players like Pepe won't have had time to settle yet. Um, I think that they will. They will. Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's as bad a first game of the season as you could. Oh, no. Yeah, because uh, you know Arsenal are one of those teams where there's a lot more expectation on them to yeah. perform, especially they've made some big signings. So like, there's no pressure on Newcastle at this point because exactly, everyone yeah. thinks they're going to go down. And uh, Joe Linton's actually had a good start, scored in a couple of free preseason friendlies. Mm. We mentioned Almiron earlier. Needs to start scoring, but um, he's one Something to watch. I will say that's vital in that game from my own experience last uh, weekend was that you they need to get a good start in that game to mm-hmm. Newcastle. They can't afford to go a goal down. I think that'll totally burst the bubble. And then that's when the, the things will turn very quickly from that point, I think. I think they just need to get on the ball. An early goal would be great for them. And then I could see them possibly getting something out of that match then. Their fans were quite nice to Steve Bruce considering... Uh, in a recent home preseason match, uh, I think it was Santetian. He's one of our own, yeah. They did sing "Get Out of Our Club" at one point, but it was only one point, which for Newcastle fans is quite reserved, I think. Uh, so, it, I mean, if they win, then you know they'll just sing about Ashley because everyone hates Ashley. But I think they'll leave Steve Bruce alone until he it all goes tits up and horribly wrong. But if I think that will be uh, Sunday evening, <laughs> five-one five, Arsenal. Um, I think it'll it'll turn into a. A massacre. It won't. It will. It will be pretty. It'll be great entertainment. Um, Newcastle Arsenal games usually are uh, not for Newcastle fans who usually lose. But yeah, one to one to. Uh, I'm certainly looking forward to that game. The other game after that, it's a decent match. For it, actually, a decent couple of matches on Sunday. Man United against Chelsea. Probably the big, the big game of the weekend. Yep. Uh, two top six sides. Um, I'm expecting goals. What are you guys expecting? Yeah, I think it'll be three two. To Manchester United, okay. I think Pulisic will announce himself. I think Rashford will further corroborate the idea that he's England's number one striker. <laughs> I love it that all these things are just reinforcing things you've said before. <laughs> I think everything I've said previously will come to fruition in this game. <laughs> it's called having conviction in your opinions, Dave. <laughs> what? I don't just, yeah, I don't just doubt myself. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. I, <yeah. laughs> or hears someone else's opinion and go, oh yeah, that's a good one. I'll choose that now. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I think it'll be a good game. Um, I think either team could feasibly win it. I think Chelsea have looked um, ropey in pre-season. I think United have looked unchallenged in pre-season. Who cares? It's just football, isn't it? It's just, it's just entertainment. <laughs> I'm not bothered about this match. I, I hope you're right about Rashford. I mean, got him in my team for starters. I also like him as a player, as a person. But I, uh, I, I, I'm slightly different to you. I think Chelsea had a better pre-season than I expected. They scored a lot more than I expected, considering they've lost their main uh, chance creator and goal scorer and even has it. 
Um, I'll be interested to see who starts for them up front. Tammy Abraham's got the number nine shirt. Well, I was talking to uh, Naz, who's Nizar Kinsella, our Chelsea correspondent, and he seems to think Tammy's got the nod for, for this weekend yeah. and probably the start of the season as well. He's got the number nine shirt. So, a bit of pressure. Yeah, I think that's a good sign of a show of faith from Lampard as well, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, He could take penalties. It depends if Ross Barkley's on the pitch. Uh, I think he took a penalty in one of the preseason matches the other week, but Barkley was on the bench at that point. Barkley looks like he's going to be their penalty taker, and that's why he's in my team, simply for that reason. No, it's because I said <laughs> numerous times yeah, over the last mean, few weeks, yeah. Ross Barkley's that's a That's why show, I've not lads. put him in. I probably would put him in. I've not been doing show this show, but um, Sam's <laughs> put me off him just by going on about him relentlessly. Sam, what about uh, as our United guru here? What about Anthony Martial? Any thoughts? I think Martial could easily start stri- uh, as the central striker for United, with Rashford moving further out left. Uh, I think he is a mercurial talent. Yeah, he just, as you mentioned earlier in the pod, he, he blows hot and cold. Sometimes he seems to just look like he's not enjoying playing football uh, and it's just a torturous job for him. Uh, but he can score. He's a great finisher. He's got wonderful feet. So he, I think he, him and Rashford will be at two of the three front three. Uh, and I think he'll, he'll probably end up with 15 this season. I think he's a, 15 a good goals? Yeah. I mean, if, you, if you're right in your description, then I don't see why not. 122 points last season he got compared to Rashford's 128. Didn't realise it would be that close. I think Martial had a good start, didn't he? Yeah, I think he was he played more. Because uh, obviously Lukaku played a lot more in the Mourinho. Yeah. Um, ne- not exactly glowing from either of them. <laughs> Martial's 7.5 million, so... He's a midfielder as well, isn't he? Yeah. So a few more points uh, if and when he does bag. If and when, yeah. The big question there is... It's, if, it feels like one of those players that it, when he's playing well, he gets distracted by the fact he's playing well. And when he's not playing well, he kind of gets worse. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but he, I also just think he just... You know, he might score and you're like... It's like someone's just kicked his puppy down the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never really looks happy. <laughs> yeah, and like the weight of the world on his shoulders. And, you know, I don't know what goes on. His, no, I'm not talking about <laughs> No, I'm not. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, uh, that's a, I, I can't see him scoring 15 just for that reason. Just because there's always... You see those little glimmers and you're like, oh, my, what a player. And then that confidence never seems to have done him any good. And then the next game, he seems like completely useless. Well, um, I, I, I think he's, he will score more than last season because it doesn't look like there's going to be a Lukaku. Because going to be, yeah, where he's going to play. Um, so I think he'll get more chances through the middle. Uh, he will get more, just more game time. So that should result in more. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I've actually nailed on maths there, guys. I've actually, I've actually gone for. Uh, I hope United don't ship two goals because um, I've got Maguire in, and I've got De Gea in goal. So. Doubled up because this is largely because when I looked at the other teams you would consider around United, like um, Arsenal and Chelsea, for instance, I kind of thought, well, United seem to have more defensively than both those teams. Um, you see, and for value, and I for, don't agree. I mean, and for value, I mean, <laughs> look, Harry, uh, Maguire's five point five million, which seems pretty good to me. I mean, I would rather go for uh, Matip or Gomez. I mean, it depends on who you think is going to start there at centre-back. Um, but they're both 5.5. And they're more likely to get a clean sheet than Man United, in my opinion. But, uh, yeah, I've gone for Alexander-Arnold out of the Liverpool. Lot. I haven't gone for any United defenders because I just disagree entirely. I've got I've got one Bissaka, and this could be another uh, soundbite we can clip up at the end of the season. Maguire <laughs> will score more than five goals in the Premier League this season. Done. Don't disagree. I hope so. I think it, the more the issue for me is how many they concede at the back. So I guess if he scores those goals, he gets your points at least. Listeners, let us know by tweeting us, tweeting at goal with the hashtag UKFFS. Uh, what you think, uh, what teams, what players you're going to be picking in your FPL teams in game week one. We want to know. Uh, let's move on to our final teams then for game week one, the teams that we're going to settle on. Uh, subject to change because we might tinker with them ahead of the weekend, I suppose. Uh, I mentioned again, actually, I'll, I'll flag it one more time for people who do want to join our league, can see our teams, can compete against them. You can type in the code NHC4WZ. 
Um, and you can look at our teams at any time. So let's go through it one by one. I'll start. Um, I'll do the starting 11 and then subs. So I've gone for Edison in goal. I've gone for Dean, Alexander-Arnold and Smith of Bournemouth in defence. My three at back. Uh, I've gone for four midfielders of Sigurdsson, Tielemans, Sterling and Barkley. And then up front, I've got Joe Linton, who's going to smash in a couple against Arsenal, Rashford <laughs> and Kane. Um, my subs, uh, Matt Ryan, uh, who's probably not going to play much because Edison's going to get all my clean sheets. Uh, Burley at Wolves, Chester at Villa and Genduzi is my 4.5 million bargain midfielder who will just rack up two points each week. Nice. That's all right, that, mate. I know. I'm pl- I right. haven't made any changes this week. That's how all right I think it is. Um, I was only tempted by putting in Van Dijk ahead of Alexander-Arnold because it would have freed up 0.5 million for something else, but decided against it. Mm. Um, I've kind of, I've made a few changes this week, and I've well, De Gea's still in goal, Chilwell, Van Dijk, and Maguire's gone in. Uh, Maguire seems like a decent buy to me, but mm. uh, Bernardo Silva has gone in as well, which I'm happy with that. Zaha's got out. I talked about chopping him mm. uh, last week. He's gone. Sterling, captain, um, Sigerson. Tillemans in midfield. So that's my four midfielders. We've got a similar midfield there. Yeah, up front though, I've got, and I'm, this is going to where it's going to need to change. I have got Kane and Vardy, uh, which is great, but Brewster's in there at the moment. So I need to have a little play maybe there and work out who else I'm, I could stick up front that's going to be actually playing on there. Yeah, how much was he? He's, I think he's 4.5, yeah. All so right. I might struggle, to, might struggle to find someone who could fit into that uh, team that's going to be actually playing first game week. Um, Stecklenburg, Aki, Target, and Dendonka on the bench. Okay. Um, I mean, you could always move Aki into the starting lineup, can you? Because I mean, what have they got? Sheffield United first game. Yeah, yeah, that's an option. It's an option. That's been much better than your team in the first week. Yeah, it's, it's evolved. It's <laughs> <laughs> getting there, mate. What about you, Sam? I mean, oh, I'm in a bad place with my team at the moment. <laughs> it's gone the other way around. Yeah, I started chopping and changing last night and. Went into this morning and I've got a million spare. I'd ideally like about 105, 107 million. <laughs> There's some players I really want to get in, but I literally don't have the space for them. So starting keeper of Allison, uh, Ake, Wambasaka, Robertson and Cathcart. A midfield of Barkley, Salah, De Bruyne and Pogba. All right, okay. Subject to change depending on what happens over the next couple of days. Isn't he a little injured? Or is he back? Well, again, I'm going to wait until... Okay. Um, I think he had a problem with his back, but he did play in the closed-door friendly a couple of days afterwards. Okay. Uh, and then up front, I have Rashford. And this, this is, again, where I've I've messed up. <laughs> I've got Rashford, Jota, and Keane as my three strikers. I can only pick two. But then I don't want to have a six and a half million attacker in Jota or a seven million one on Keane. And Keane sat on my bench... But I can't take one of them out and put a 4.5 million attacker in like Greenwood because I've used all my United players up. <laughs> <laughs> Why so, are you leaning towards Greenwood anyway? Yeah. Because I th- as, as I think I mentioned a couple of weeks you ago. You did. Strength and conviction in your opinion, said Dave. Um, <laughs> Even when you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. When you've changed your mind. <laughs> Jersey. That he could uh, sit on the bench as my first sub. If he comes on, great. If he doesn't, I just roll into the next sub. Okay. And he's four and a half, so I save some cash. Okay. So at the moment, I would be starting Keane with Jota on the bench. And then I've also got Dendonka and Kelly. That's quite a different team to mine and Dave's, which I is like good because then we might actually get some different scores. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you've got, got a bit of work to do there. Sure. <laughs> the rest of it's fine. I'm just, I'm just messing about with one position. And okay. I, I, I had a Bamayang in there this morning. I also had Kane in there. So uh, to be honest, I haven't got a clue what I'm doing. On a, on a scale of one to ten, how confident are you with your FPL team? Um, in terms of a settled 11-7 of winning... Of, be- of beating you two nine and a half <laughs> okay excellent Dave I'm about a six <laughs> just a six. overall yeah I'm got- I just uh, I don't think I've ever felt so nervous about the start of a Premier League season actually uh, a lot yeah. of pressure on there is yeah the there is a lot of pressure on yeah <laughs> I've gone for an eight on my team 
Okay. Eight out of ten, but that's not going to last because I'm well aware that every single season I'm always super hyped about my team and it always underperforms. So I'm expecting a lot of. I'm expecting like week two all of Bree coming in. All oh, I've made my waivers. I've, <laughs> I've ripped up my whole team. I hate it. We'll see. Join us next week, I guess, to see uh, yeah. what. Well, basically how it's all gone and how miserable we are. The state of our teams. Um, we can wrap this up then. Thank you very much for joining us today. Best of luck this weekend. Best of luck to you too. And you too as well, guys. <laughs> Listeners, don't forget you can get in touch by tweeting your fancy football thoughts with the hashtag UKFFS. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, follow on Spotify, or however you listen to podcasts on your favourite platform. Leave a review if you liked it. And if you didn't, what are you still doing here? Check out Goal for your daily dose of football news from the Premier League and around the world. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.